Hey, everybody. I have a confession. I have a really hard time saying the word idolatry. And I have to kind of, idolatry, idolatry. Yeah, it's really, it's it's a thing. And I'm literally, it is the one word I continue to learn over and over again. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. You think I'm joking. I literally have it written down on a piece of paper next to my computer. The letter I-D-O-L-Tree. Not the word. I'm not even spelling it right. I'm literally spelling it the way that I need to say it. Idol-tree. You're welcome. And to all my roommates and all of my other closest friends that know that I struggle with certain words, you are welcome. This was for you. So let's hit this topic. I want to talk about having idols. You're going to hear me say idols a lot more than the word idolatry because I have to sit here and consciously think about the way I say it because I can easily get it confused with another word, adultery, and there's a big difference, a very big difference. And when you are a speaker, literally, if you're just talking to a friend and you're talking about idolatry and you call and the word adultery comes up, it is too, too big tree words that are completely different. (laughs) So I'm probably going to say the word idols more. It's easier for me and probably just easier for all of you. (laughs) So I want to talk about this topic. um, I'm in the middle of a project that has been taking way longer than I thought it would. I'm sure you can find yourself there and resonate with that. Um, but I just got done doing lots of research and just honestly living out this this thing, this thing. Um, but I wanted I, I wanted to talk about having idols. I don't know the last time I heard a message that was on idolatry. I said it. Um, I did pretty good. I didn't even think about it until after I said it. Um, but I, I don't I don't hear it talked about a lot. Oh, I'm sitting here like rubbing my head with my hands. <laughs> I don't know what else I'd rub my head with. But because it's such a topic and it's going to come off off-putting to people and like it's going to be like, oh, okay, that's very Old Testament of Shay to talk about. But the truth is it's actually not just the Old Testament. Wow. Yeah. Um, when you think of idols, I, I, I kind of want to paint a picture of, of person personally what I, I picture. Um, I have done lots of mission work in my lifetime. And I remember the first time I showed up in Asia um, and I was walking the streets and I've, I've been to a few different places in Asia and the first time I went, I remember just being in so like, what is this? Because you literally walk and there will be a golden statue of whoever, 
God, you know? And there's people that are like putting their food in front of it and they're putting water bottles and candy bars and um, anything that you could probably think of, honestly. Um, they've put in front of it on like the, you know, the bottom part of the statue. And I remember just thinking, this is the oddest thing that I've actually seen at that point. Uh, I mean, I've seen lots of odd things, but I think in the Western world, we don't really picture it that way because you're not really going to see golden statues. Now, let's be honest with everything going on. Yes, we know that there's statues um, all over our country in America um, that have significant meaning and are, you know, that are there. Um, but it's not, it's just different. So, like, I'm not trying to paint that picture. But this is like, for lack of a better term, it's like a shrine. Um, but it's outside. And it's, like, literally on your casual walk to the 7-Eleven. And there's, like, four of them on the way. And you're just like, what is going on? Um, and so when I think of idols, like, you could think of them outwardly like that. Um, and that's very real. Like, that doesn't take away that it's not real because it doesn't happen here, <laughs> even though it does. Um, that's probably what we're going to get into today. But <laughs> I just made myself crack up. Um, I want to talk about idols and I want to hit it from a way of, I want, I want to hit some scripture. I want to, first and foremost, I, I think if we would talk about this more as a church, as believers, as followers of Christ, there would be less shame surrounding it. Um, there would be a, a more openness around the topic if we actually talked about it. Hmm. You know, I'm going to use the example of sexuality. And the church, for many seasons, hasn't been great about talking. I mean, we know not to have sex, right? Like, don't have sex, period. But we don't know fully why we shouldn't mentally, spiritually, like all the, the unhealthy entanglement that it brings. Like, I can't believe I just brought all that. But I'm being honest, so... When we go a long season as a church not talking about things, um, the enemy scoops in and he begins to twist, taint, and mess with all of it. And all of a sudden we find ourselves tolerating something that maybe we never really had to. Just going to throw it out there. Sexuality is one of a thousand I could have used there. I'm not sure why I went there, but I think it just gives a, a contrast because we all can see that around us is that biblical marriage is being challenged, um, all the things. So when the church goes a long time without talking about something, we tend to forget about it and kind of just things start to happen and crumble. So um, we, when I say idols, you probably think Old Testament. That's okay. It's very much a part of the Old Testament. You probably think of Moses and the Ten Commandments. The first commandment in Exodus 20 being, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. It's the first commandment. Um, you probably think, I want to give context that actually why I said that is here's Moses up on a mountainside getting the word of God. And here's Aaron and all the people at the base of the mountain 
building, literally building a golden calf. While Moses is up there getting the commandments, getting the word of the Lord. And think about it. Like, think about Moses has this moment with God in these tablets, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm going to be honest. I I picture it in my head, and I'm just thinking, whoa, that is a big moment. He comes down the mountainside with the tablets, you know, with the Ten Commandments. And the first thing he spots is a golden calf. And what did they literally do? Like, they literally built an idol because they took everything that God had given them along the way. I don't want to go here, but this is the truth. I was trying not to go here because it can be get really winded, and I'm not trying to have this, you know, seven-hour podcast. But they took everything that God gave them, and they turned it into an idol. Because I think what happens, let me know if you resonate, we want a God that we can control. We want a God that will do what we want Him to do. We want God to be tangible sometimes when we feel like He's not tangible. Um, yeah, we'll stop there. But I can only imagine Moses coming down, seeing what's happening, and being like, what in the world? Right? Like, I just imagine so many deep emotions in that moment. So we have that moment. Um, we have moments where God in the Old Testament comes to people through prophets and says, you know, you need to get rid of your idols. There's idols in the camp, you know? And and what is that getting rid of them is literally like letting them go in the physical, but it's also a repentive heart. It's it's repentance. And some people think repentance is an Old Testament thing. It's actually not. Um It's the first thing that Jesus talks about after, like, like upon, you know, in the New Testament. And and it's the first thing that he talks about is repentance. And when you break it down, it's change your mind. Turn and change your mind. It's metanoia. It's uh, renew your mind. Stop believing lies. Stop, like, repent. Turn and go from where you were to onward to follow him. Repent. Uh, I keep saying that repent, <laughs> um, but that's what it is. It's really like it's 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 so funny how these words have become kind of more weighty, and they are weighty words. But it's like they're weighty. So like you know when you confront a friend, you're like, I really feel like like there's some repentance that needs to happen here, and it's like what? And you're like, okay, repentance is a beautiful thing. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Like they shouldn't be so like off putting. They should be very. They should be something we talk about. Period. It's the same thing with idolatry. Did it again. Score. Um, it's the same thing because we're doing it. We have idols in our heart that God is asking us to lay down. He's asking us to lay them down. Um, we see the Jesus give the command to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. All of it. And um, I, I don't know many people that could say that they're living that out on, on like a minute by minute. I know people, I've personally had just stints of like, literally, like my life just being lived out very well like that. Um, but it's not always, like it's not like a 24-7, gosh, I wish, help me Holy Ghost, yes Lord, sign me up. So what are things that get in the way? It's idols. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. I want to hit it just based off idols. Um 
But we see culturally, if you, you know, like there's lots of idols that we ha- we can have that are not a golden calf. It's not a golden statue in front of our house by the driveway that people stop and put stuff on. It's not showy outwardly, but it's very showy inwardly. Um, man, I always choose these topics that I'm like, why can't I just get on here and talk about joy? <laughs> Why can't I get on here and talk about something a little bit lighthearted? But I think these things should be lighthearted. But here we are. Um, and so we have things like, I'm just going to give a few. Um, but we, um, man, I just, oh, I'm sorry. Before I give a few, this is going to be very scattered. But before I give a few, I want to hit Romans 1, uh, where Paul talks about how we begin to worship creation rather than the creator. Okay, so when we begin to worship creation, even if it's godly, even if it's like religious, and we were we worship that, it becomes an idol. So let's break this down. What is what is defined? Like what is idolatry? Um Honestly, I'm going to break it down into two definitions. One may hit you heavier than the other one. One being anything that is more important to you than God. And that that's just simple. Whatever is more important to you than God. And I know even you're, like you right now are like, nothing's more important than God. We know this. But I'm asking you to really look at this. Really look and say, is there anything else in my heart? Is there anything in my heart that I'm finding to be more important than God? The other definition would be the thing that you worship, the thing that he created. And maybe at one point you you saw him in it, but you've kind of lost him in it and you've worshiped the thing that he created. Um, some, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Idols can look, they don't have to be tangible, it doesn't have to be um, that I am worshiping something tangible. It can be a person. It can be a thing. It can be a mindset that I'm living in. It can, man, it can be so much. It can be something culturally. It can be something that's literally something you're wrestling out in your heart. Um, it could, yeah, there's lots of things. And so I'm going to invite us into to hitting some of that. So what I say... What I mean, rather, when it could be something that's kind of not tangible, it, it could be that you worship your calling more than God. You actually are more concerned about your destiny than you are just to be with Him. Um, your calling, your destiny, your assignment on this earth can be can get to a place that it's so elevated that you've forgotten Him. Did He give it to you? Yes. Do you still see it that way? No. Have you taken the reins of control and you're trying to do it? If if the answer to that is yes, then I would say you've elevated that as more important than God. This is not a condemning word. I just want to clarify. Um, these are things I've walked out even in the last year and a half that I'm giving context to. I'll be the first to admit I have elevated my calling my destiny, um, my assignment in whatever season I'm in 
I, I, I can, it's an easily, it's an easy trip up for me to, to find that I've got to work on the details. I've got a plan. I've got to do this. Um, and kind of God kind of slightly takes, it's not slightly, but it feels slightly, feels subtle, uh, takes a back burn. I keep, I put them on the back burner just for a second, just for a second. And then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My priorities are out of line because I've had other idols. Um, the American dream, you know, I don't know what, I honestly don't know what people picture when I say that, but in my head, I think of, you know, the house with the white picket fence and the sidewalk and the nice neighborhood where you know your neighbors and, you know, that this thing where we kind of feel like we all have to like, that's kind of what shows that we've arrived is this American dream. You know, you have the kids and you have the family car and you also have a sports car on the side because the minivan is just not what you want to take out on a date night. I don't know. I just made all that up. But there's this subtle pressure in our soul to feel like, okay, that's what we have to attain. So I'm going to work hard to do it. I'm going to work 80 hours of overtime and, you know, and I'm going to strive after that. And that thing becomes the focus of our life and it becomes an idol. Um, we can do this with people. We can put friends or spouses or parents, uh, pastors, I'm going to say ministers of the gospel, we can idolize to where um, we're not feeding ourselves anymore. We're, we're, we're going to a podcast. We're going, and I'm not against podcasts. Heck, you're listening to one right now. I have a podcast. What I'm saying is, is that we begin to create this thing that says, well, I can't hear God right now, so I'm going to go and I'm going to hear what he's saying to other people. Now, is that all wrong? Not at all. Not at all. I love that we live in a digital age where... Honestly, in quarantine, I can go to 10 different churches if I want to, like whatever. I I love that there's Instagram and people's quotes and thoughts and ideas are getting posted. And there's something about that that's just awesome. Um, The other side of that is, is if I'm making, if I'm giving more time to podcasts, churches, um, my job, uh, my cash flow, my savings account, my spouse, my best friend, my prayer team, I don't know. If I'm giving more time and heart space to those things, then I need to check in because I've got some idols. Eek! I'm going to talk about a couple that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to bring these up, but I am. Um, honestly, politics can become an idol. Um, I know some of you may be like, and I'm out. Don't stop. Don't stop listening. Just give me a second to explain. Um, politics, much like anything, can become an idol. We place our hope and our importance, and I need to know what's going on and who's doing what all the time. And we're not seeking God's heart on it. And therefore, politics and the government, who's the candidates and all the things take over our God time. And all of a sudden, we've placed our hope in man. We've placed our hope in the next president. We've placed our hope in fickle people. I don't care what side you're on. Like, it's human. Um, And we have made something more important than God. Um, There's so many, so many things that I can fit in that blank. 
Um, you know, I mean, it could be the person that's working 90 hours a week. It could be the, the mom at home that has just put her blood, sweat, and tears into her children, but like, and she's just constantly worrying and worrying and worrying about them and her husband and all the things and family has become her idol. I'm not saying don't care for your family. I'm not saying don't, you know, like take care of them. Don't, you know, I'm not saying just leave them in the bedroom and back there by themselves. What I am saying is that if it's taking up more heart space than the father's taking up, then it's really good for us to check in on these things. Um, When we forget that he's the giver of life, that he's the creator that he's actually the one that wakes us up in the morning. Like, I can't even do that on my own. Like, I mean, in my mind, my alarm clock wakes me up. But in in, in reality, like in absolute reality, he woke you up this morning. He woke me up this morning. And so I know that this is like, oh, and this idol, that idol. <laughs> I, You know, I mean... Technology of itself can be an idol culturally. The pressures as as women that we feel to look a certain way or even for men to look a certain way, um, to to be a certain way, to have a certain measure of influence, like all these things can easily become idols. Now, let me just say that they're not all evil. They're not all evil. Um. Some people may differ there. I I don't think that they're evil. I think God can use anything and everything that he wants to. Social media is not evil. Like money itself alone is not evil. Um, Can it become an idol? 100%. Could it also be used in leverage for the gospel? 100%. So it's not necessarily evil. It's just that there's, there's a priority shift that needs to happen. That we need to keep God the first thing, and all the other things need to come after Him. Again, it's that Exodus twenty: Thou shalt not have any other gods before Me. And in my mind, like in the like you know, as a little kid, you're thinking, yeah, like God's the only God. Period. But as you grow and you get older in this life, and you start to realize, like, wait a minute, I have some silent idols. For me, it's this this idea that I always have to measure up. It's an idol that I have to continually walk out in humility. Like, I feel like I, I idolize, like, self-appearance. I idolize my, like, my ambition and my drive, my my drivenness to get something done. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what are you asking me to do? What's my part? What's my role? It, putting him back. Because I can easily grab the horns and just go, go, go. We're all going. We're all awesome. We're going to get this done. And God will be like, hold on, like you, you are cre- like you are praising the thing that I, the the creation I'm giving you, the project I'm giving you, you are so far um, elevating it that you're forgetting that I'm actually the one that gave it to you, and I'm actually the one that's doing it. Like actually, I'm the one that's doing it. Here, hey Shay, here's a fresh reminder. I'm the one that's doing it. So it could be that. You know, your story, you didn't, you know, you're constantly like trying to get people's approval um, because maybe, you know, in your story somewhere, you know, you heard a lie or something traumatic happened or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think we all have those things, but we've made this idol to, to show the world 
that we are not that little kid. Like I'm awesome. And you know, I'm got the car and I've got the new iPhone and I've got the, this and the, that and the, this and the, that, and we can make it an idol. Um, Again, I, I want us to talk about this because it shouldn't be so daunting. Like, it's weighty, but it shouldn't be daunting to the point where, like, you know, you're sitting in your car, your cubicle, like, shaking because you're like, oh, God, I got idols. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, you do. Welcome to the freaking club. Like, we all do. We all do. The things that we want to control, the things that you know, we want to glean from and we want to have our way in become idols. We are great in humanity. We are great at making idols. I mean, you see it all throughout scripture. There's idols. There's, you know, there's paintings, there's art, there's music, there's um, theater, there's all kinds of things that we get to make like more important and give more of our attention to. And yet, God's just simply giving the invitation to repent. 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 Turn from your ways. Change your thoughts. Renew your mind. And get your eyes back on me. Because I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one that's doing this. And so, it, man, it's so, it's tough, right? Um, because, like, it didn't start with us. Like, I'm just letting you know, like, adultery, did, you know, you weren't born and then adultery entered into the world. I think I may have said it wrong not fully sure there but that's not like it it started in the garden you know the enemy came spoke to Adam and Eve and said you could be just like God you could be equal with God if you eat from that tree that's why he doesn't want you to have that tree is because he's selfish right and they eat from the tree so it's not that you did something fully wrong it's we're living (laughs) we're living with the effects of that moment in the garden but God is constantly like you don't have to live in that garden come back to the other garden come back to the garden of Eden where you just get to live with me and you get to trust and I'm the one thing I am the one thing there shall be no other gods before me You can love me with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. And from that place, you can love your neighbor as yourself. Like there's this beautiful invitation to, you know, to deal with our hearts because he knows. And so I keep thinking of like the bridegroom and the bride, like a bridegroom, like you're not going to show up for your wedding with all these other lovers that you have. Like, it's like the one you're looking at is that's, that's my yes. Like, that's my bridegroom. And it's the same thing with God. Like, he doesn't want anything else to have your attention. He wants all of your attention. Now, I'm going to just say this because it needs to be said. God wants you to enjoy your life. I'm just going to sit here and let that resonate with you for a second. God wants you to enjoy your life. God does not want you to idolize your life. There's a big difference. You can enjoy your life, love it. You can have the American dream and still not idolize it. Like it still doesn't mean that it has to sit on the throne of your heart. There's a difference. And I need to clarify that because I'm not saying don't go after 
the dreams and desires in your heart. I'm not saying that they're all evil. I'm just stating that it's a heart posture at the end of the day. It's a heart posture. Is your heart posture so focused on, I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have this, that God's not even in the picture? Or is it, I really feel like God's asking me to do this and I'm partnering with God in order to do this. And he is the thing that you're worshiping. And he's the thing, like he is of most important value to you. And because of that, all of these other things are a part of that. But the central thing is God. And so I kind of want to just take a second and hit some practicals on like, well, how do we navigate this thing? Because it's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. But 1 John 5.21 actually says to us to keep ourselves from idols. So when we talk about it being in the Old Testament, it's all over the New Testament. Galatians and the Corinthians to the Corinth church. Uh, It's in the book of Revelations. Um, Like the woe to this church, woe to that church. Like all of that is because John had a revelation on the island of Patmos that the churches were struggling with idolatry. Yeah, like it's not a whoop-de-doo, this is some imaginary thing. Like, no, like they're calling out like, hey, you're really struggle-bussing with some pride here. You're really struggle-bussing with having idols. And God is calling you all, seven different churches in different ways, to repent and come back, return back to the Garden of Eden. Return back to oneness, to wholeness, to fullness. And so how do we do this if it's saying to keep yourselves from idols? I think it's knowing your tendencies. Um, like know, know kind of what you um, what your story is. You know, are you leaning into, man, food's an idol. I know food can be an idol for me. That sounds really funny probably. Um, but I probably care too much about the places I eat and how cool they are sometimes. Or I'm like, yeah, does it really matter? Probably not. Um you know, like I, I like the idea of feasting, and I probably feast too much. But you know what? It'd be like that. And you know, so there are seasons, I'll state, that food can be an idol for me. Um, money can be an idol. Uh, sports teams can be an idol. Uh, I'm just going to throw things out there. Having the fancy car can be an idol. So it's kind of knowing your the things that you kind of lean on. You're like, ooh, like... Yeah, like I've seen this in my life, this pattern that maybe marriage is an idol. Maybe that you are just prone to like have to constantly check in on that, that why am I single? Why has God not given me a husband or a wife yet? Uh, and that becomes an idol where you stop trusting him because that's what idols do. Idols break off your trust with God the Father and they say, I'm going to control this. That's what idols do. Idols say... I'm going to fill this void tangibly. I'm going to figure this out on my own because apparently God's too slow. God's not doing what he promised he would do. So I'm going to go and build this. That's what an idol is. Um, So know your tendencies. Know maybe kind of what they, what you're creating in your headspace, your thoughts, and then cover your tendencies. What do I mean by that? Cover your tendencies. Like let your safe people around you know your tendencies. Like for me, um, I know like food is a thing. Marriage in some seasons can be a thing. So all of my roommates, my best friends, like they know my tendencies. So they willingly, um, 
have, you know, partnered with me in asking how I'm doing in those areas. Is it always comfortable for me to like answer? No, not at all. But yeah, let's check in. I think I have been leaning on some of these things because I don't know what he's doing and I'm tired of waiting and I just want to eat because I'm all emotional, right? Like all those things. Um, you know, I'm really good at, at getting so ministry focused and, and outreach focused that I forget to take care of me. And all of a sudden the mission has become an idol and I've lost myself in it. So I welcome people asking me how I'm doing. Uh, so I think that that's great. And it opens up for vulnerability and transparency, which should lead to transformation. Um, <clears throat> I think worship, worship is phenomenal. Uh, worship constantly, uh, consistently. Um, you know, I think when you find yourself in an attitude of worship, it's easier to keep your eyes on God. So when your eyes are on God, it's harder to make idols because you're realizing, wow, He is the worthy one. He's the one. And, you know, when you have a heart of gratitude, it's actually very hard to make idols when you're very grateful for what's around you. And I know that seems super basic, but that's just the truth. Like when you're thankful and you're aware of where you could be without him and you're aware that he is your very oxygen and you're just aware of him more in in your life, period, it's hard to make idols. You know, the other thing is when you fall into it and sadly you probably are and it won't just be one time, you know, and I'm sorry to say that, but that's just the truth. We as humans have a huge tendency to fall into it. Uh, whether it's a person, a church, a ministry, it could even look godly. Like it really can. It can look completely religious and look beautiful. And God's like, hello, remember me? Um, remind yourself there isn't any shame. There's not any shame attached to it. Shame's, you know, the enemy. And he's telling you that you're flawed. The truth is he's a liar. Remind yourself he is a liar. So repent, repent, bring it to the light and keep moving forward. Um, you know, I think that repent, you know, we think of John the Baptist, like, repent, the kingdom's at hand. I mean, the kingdom's here and repent's great. And repentance is a beautiful thing. So when you do feel yourself falling into that, you know, fess up, fess up, because honestly, you're not alone. Like every human, like every human, every human has and will struggle with this. Um, because we so want something tangible. We want a God that we can figure out and a God that will do what we want him to do. So we have to learn how to die daily. Um, I wrote this today, but I, I, I was thinking, I was like, you know, it can't be Jesus and. Like, it can't be Jesus and marriage. It can't be Jesus and missions. It can't be Jesus and my calling and Jesus and my job and Jesus and my wife and my spouse and my house, and it has to be just Jesus. And because that is so subtle that I can go into, no, it's so Jesus in the morning during my quiet time, but then all of a sudden life's happening, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I need my bills. I need this paid. I need that. That it's like, wait, where did Jesus just go? He's worthy. He's trustworthy in reminding my soul. So, it happens so subtly where I want to gain control. And, you know, we ourselves can become idols. You, for yourself, can become your own idol. You know, like, 
I need this. I need this done. I, I, I. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, where did he go? Like, why am I the center? I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but you know, when, when it does happen, you know, you confess your sin one to another, you repent to God and you get back on track and you ask him to help you help me, Jesus, help me renew my mind. Help me figure out why I keep wanting to run to these things. And maybe help me figure out why I don't trust you as well as I think I should. And as much as you're asking me to. And so Lord, I just thank you for this time. God, I thank you for this conversation. I ask that you would set us free, set me free. Uh, continually setting me free from myself and setting me free from idols that um, I've built around me, um, cultural idols that, that I feel the worldly pressure of obtaining. God, would you set us free? Would you set us free so that we could have no other gods besides you, so that we could live wholeheartedly with all of our heart, our mind, our strength? that we could actually love you with every ounce of us. And so I just thank you, God, that this is your heart and that you're hunting us down way more than we could ever hunt you down. Um, Even though because you're hunting us, we get the opportunities to love on you and hunt you back Um, because it's just, it's a pursuit on both ends. And so I just ask, Lord, that you would pursue us today and that all the other lovers and all the other idols that lie secretly in our heart or outwardly in our life would just line up to you, and they would come under your lordship. Thank you that this topic's not heavy, and there's no shame, there's no condemnation in it, but your word says that the truth sets us free. So set us free today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I think I did pretty darn good with saying the word idolatry. Let me know what you think, and thanks for listening.